0: Welcome to 10 Bestest.
1: Where we sift through the noise so you don't have to.
0: Each week we share our 10 favorite things of the moment.
1: Anything goes.
0: Hello, friend. Welcome to 10 Bestest. I'm Karen McFarlane-Holman. And I'm Brian Hart. And here we go with another great episode. I get to go first. Which I always like doing. (laughs) Although I say that and I like you going first too. So it's, I like this,
1: (laughs) say that. Yeah, well I like that we switch around. Exactly. And we mix it up. Exactly. But yes, you get to go. My cool sheet is a book.
0: This is a magnificent book and it is called The Body Is Not An Apology. I heard about this book a long time ago, and it really piqued my interest, what it was about, what it was called, but I just a couple weeks ago received it as a gift. This is written unlike any other book on this general topic that I've ever read myself or that I've ever heard of, which explains why people like Brené Brown, very well-known people, advocate for it. The author is Sonia Renee Taylor, and she has worked for years in this space and is the founder of the body is not an apology movement and education company that uses the framework of radical self love to impact individuals around the world. She's an author of six books total. She has spoken around the world on these topics to really help transform people's viewpoints on themselves and each other. At one point early on in the book, I love this. She talks about what the book is not, it's not a self-help book. It's not a book on self esteem. It's not just about body image in terms of weight. It includes perspectives on race, on gender, on ability, on cultures, and many other aspects of us that causes divides in society. It's many things and much of it is about awareness, awareness about yourself, but also about the world around you. And she gives some data and she gives historical notes such as the year when that was finally in the United States that same sex marriages could happen. She talks about other countries and where that was allowed. So there is a little bit of data in that way, but it delves into things very deeply that are important a vast array of complex issues that we face as individuals as well as society. One cool thing that she does. So it's, it's text as usual in a book, but she also has these boxes and in one of these boxes are unapologetic inquiries. Another one is that she has these other boxes that are asking you questions and reflecting that she calls radical reflections. Must book to read. The body is not an apology
1: oh that sounds really cool yeah, yeah. So, and is this more geared towards women or anybody no Men- so you
0: will you will find that it that she is a woman She is a woman of color but yeah. she talks a lot about some of my favorite excerpts had to do with people that are a, a differently abled and bodied and um, also from other cultures so mm, that cool. can apply to anyone sure Yeah. So I will say a lot of the examples, they happen to be female, but uh, it really can touch the hearts and minds of anybody.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Well, And even if it's geared towards only women or men or anybody, I mean, uh, people and people that don't think they have body issues, it'd be a good book because they can learn more about people that do. Yes. You know, so it's, it sounds like it's for everybody. Exactly. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that needs to be talked about more and more. I feel like we're, a little more we've talked about things similar and so we're kind of tuned into mm-hmm. that but this one seems like uh, taking it to the next level yeah
0: and, yeah know, for and sure and i did out. i did bring the book it oh, has cool. a magnificent cover oh uh, it is yeah a really good one. where she just so she cool. shows herself but in just this beautiful way or this butterfly and yeah. and she is just like Radical
1: self-love. That's what she's all it. about. Uh, yeah. That's great. Well, she's beautiful. And yeah. sounds that super cool. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much You're for sharing You're welcome. That. All right. I'm going to be talking about a company. And this company is called the Strella Biotechnology. Uh, so every fall, apple growers gather billions of apples. They rush them into storage and seal them in airtight doors and wait until harvest is a distant memory. And then they reopen them. But every spring and summer, there, there's a bad surprise when they slide open the warehouse doors and discover that maybe the, all the honey have turned to mush. Now that is because most produce emits this ethylene gas, and this is what, the gas that they naturally release that helps ripen them. Well, the Strela sensors, um, they have sensors that can detect that gas. It translates those emissions, so if there's more happening or less happening. So when they put them in cold storage, it kind of slows down that process. You know, it's like a, an extreme version of a refrigerator. It's, it's, it doesn't freeze them, but it, it really slows down that process. But sometimes things happen, and so it um, will detect if there's errors, and will um, send that data upstream to the uh, warehouses. It saves them money. It reduces food waste because palace and palace of honey crisp apples is good for nobody. It also makes sure that we have better tasting and crisper apples. So it's really, really great. Um, And I didn't actually know this, but agriculture contributes to more greenhouse gas emissions than the total of all cars, planes, trains, and trucks in the world. Um, So the pressure to um, grow more food that is more sustainable, and there's also deforestation in the Amazon. There's tons of things that it is doing. Even though it's so good for us, it's, there's a lot of costs to it and, and, and consequences. So anything that can reduce food waste and help the environment is good with me. The CEO, Catherine uh, Sizoff, is only 24. It's amazing. She just graduated college, um, and she talked about in her youth how she didn't even know where apples came from. She just thought they came from the grocery store. Didn't even think about farming. But as she learned, she decided she wanted to make a big difference. She started this company. It's amazing, Strella Biotechnology. Ooh,
0: this is wonderful, and I love that she's so young and then yeah. and saw this, had the foresight. And that was a really interesting point you made about the catch-22 with the agriculture and then the deforestation. But the deforestation would help with the greenhouse gases and just all of that. How it's also intertwined. Yeah. Uh, and also, I love that well, gas detection is a huge field and really important in biotechnology. And that's a great example that you yeah. just gave of it. So. Yeah, I
1: know. And I was a little surprised that they didn't have measures like that already in place. Yes, but apparently, I am too. Um, they didn't. And she saw this need and immediately, you know, said, OK, here's how I can solve it. That's and perfect. This amazing, amazing uh, woman and company. And I hope that it keeps growing. Yes. And helps us. With crisp, Who doesn't exactly. love a crisp Exactly. Oh, no kidding.
0: No kidding. I want to read more about it. And so, listener, viewer, yes. if you want to read more about any of the things we talk about, you can go to 10 slash body for this week's episodes. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. Oh, yeah. You're
1: welcome, too. <laughs> but I didn't know where the show notes were, so... Oh,
0: yes. That's it. <laughs> uh, my cool sheet is an organization, and this is a conglomerate I'll be talking about, and they are called the Pacific Marine Energy Center renewable energy resources all right we've got solar we've got wind we've got geothermal most of us know about those but what about water what about waves what about tides well that's what the pacific marine energy center is all about they are accelerating the development of these under investigated energy resources so this includes wave tidal, in river and offshore wind energy technologies The multi-institutional endeavor is run by University of Alaska Fairbanks, University of Washington, and Oregon State University. And what they're doing is those three institutions, the researchers there, come together and they unify the testing, the research and the development, and educational programs in marine energy. Their vision. I love their vision the way they've written it is to connect people to the power of the ocean and developing the broad span of marine energy sources that are there and in their mission they want to responsibly advance the marine energy by expanding the scientific understanding they want to engage community and educate students They have beautiful values that surround this. They're really visionary and they want to maintain this idea of having this vision and being bold and innovative with their thinking. And they wanna take on critical marine energy challenges. They wanna make a big impact and use these to impact not just the local, in terms of Pacific Northwest, but also the entire nation and the planet, and make measurable products in this way. So they also want to be objective in all of their studies and be a source to provide credible results. They want to be rigorous with their studies, impartial, and using evidence-based approaches, being collaborative, and also being inclusive as part of their values there are so many cool examples of wave energy and tidal energy i've actually visited oregon state university and seen some of it firsthand it's amazing the pacific marine energy center oh
1: this is so cool so yeah. I, I did know a little bit about that kind of technology uh-huh. but not in depth like that and the, this company is kind of monitoring it and seeing what works best yes and, and, and trying more different efficient. things yeah. yeah yeah because you always hear about oh well you know, this is the one answer and this is better and don't even bother with this one, which, of course, is kind of garbage. You need to actually have a multi pronged approach yes. to this kind of alternative energy to make all of it happen. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, solar's great and wind is great, uh, you know, but uh, let's also use the ocean. There's a yeah. lot of water yeah. going on. Um, so yeah, it, it there... makes sense to just keep mm-hmm. doing it.
0: And they're definitely thinking about everything. So, for example, one of the little devices that they're looking into are these little um, flappy things. Like they're kind of like I love. It. I always think of like <laughs> Flappy Bird. They bounce around in the waves of the ocean. Oh, cool! And they have these little flaps because that is mechanical energy that can nice. then get turned into electrical energy. But in order to do that, to have these floating around, bobbing around in the waves, you would then have to have wires, which mm. then animals could get stuck in. So they're very aware of that. So they're like, okay, how can we do that, but then not (laughs) harm the animals? So they definitely have this big approach um, Mm. that they're considering everything, which is wonderful and much needed.
1: Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds exciting. And I can't wait to dive in more and yeah. see what they're doing and keep seeing, you know, keep yes. checking in with them, see how the progress is. I exactly. Love that kind of stuff so
0: Yeah, much. I think they started in 2008 and oh, they've cool. changed since then, you know, they're just yeah. expanding and doing new things. And yeah. So it's great. Well, that's
1: so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. You're me. welcome. All right. My cool sheet is going to be an article. This article is Single Doesn't Mean Being Lonely or Alone. This is by Elizabeth Brake. Uh, The holiday season can be difficult for single people, and it's not maybe not what you think, but for some reason, that seems to be the time when family members ask when you're going to find someone and settle down. Now, I've had firsthand experience with this. I do not know why this time of family gathering and joy, all of a sudden, they want to grill you on, are you going to find someone? Um, They've actually given up on me, (laughs) which is probably a good thing. But there's two big problems with assumptions like this. One, that everyone is seeking a romantic relationship, like that is their definite end goal. The bigger one, number two, is that people that are not in a relationship are not as happier or they're lonelier than people that are. But the research shows that this isn't true. More people in the U.S. are choosing to be single. By 2010, so almost, already 11 years ago at time of recording, uh, married couples were actually the minority. And surprisingly, there's... A, Uh, some personal finance can be a factor, um, but I don't have time to go into that. But not surprisingly, not everybody wants a romantic partnership, and many singles see solo life more conductive and flourishing, and uh, they just enjoy it more. Um, In fact, some women have become single mothers by choice because actually being in a marriage can bring a lot of extra work for them. So uh, that was an interesting thing that I can't relate to since I'm not a single mother or, or, or a woman in general. So that was really interesting to me. And actually, many singles um, have close friendships that are just as valuable as romantic partnerships. And this one I know for a fact is true because that is what's true for me. Uh, and there's just so many other assumptions. This article really breaks it down in a really great way, but I've already ran out of time. They also talk about asexuals, so that that's a whole nother thing that I don't have time to get into, but definitely check out this article. If you're single or if you know someone that is, single doesn't mean being lonely or alone. <laughs> oh, this is so fascinating. Yes. I, and
0: I, I didn't know anything about this until probably 15 years ago, maybe, and mm. a friend of mine, Started talking about this. She was single at the time and it may, probably still is. And that it, she, how she felt in that situation was, it was totally eye opening for me. Now I can, like, oh, now I understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and yeah, that it, it totally makes sense to choose, especially if you've been in a relationship and you've not been in a relationship and you're like, choose that one it's like (laughs) it it makes sense and it happens i think it happens to people all the time and it it also makes me wonder about the people who are trying to pressure others into being into it is it like is that just because of tradition and what you know? Yeah, it's definitely an old school
1: belief. Is
0: it? Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes me wonder if they have just never been single and don't know what it's like. Because there are so many
1: wonderful things about it. So Yeah, and I'm not anti-relationship. Um, no, I'm, not. I, I'm just all about if the person's happy, that's all that should matter. And I'm single and I've been single my entire life. I've never been married and I'm not against marriage. Uh, if I found the right person and things happened, I would be open to getting married. Um, so I'm not anti, but I am also very comfortable. Sometimes I do think maybe a little too comfortable about being single. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, but I love relationships. And definitely that connected to me about friendship relationships and mm. how important they are. I feel like I have I probably have deeper relationships with my friends because I, I don't have like a significant other, you know? Yes. So I, I, I feel... Those other things with people. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, right. It, it can also be a very good thing.
0: Well, that's so. another thing. Depending on your partner, sometimes you can't, like, maybe we wouldn't be able to be friends.
1: If you yeah. have a it partner all the time. Yeah.
0: that was jealous or something, I mean, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And how many people they don't talk about the people that are unhappy when they are in a relationship, right. and they'll spend yeah. their entire life or half their life or their children's lives, and then maybe they'll finally get out of this bad relationship. But they're, I mean, that's a bigger issue to me and more heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me. It's not the people that are single; it's people that are in a relationship and unhappy. It's like no one should be happy. I just think people should be happy. So, yeah. 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 This is. I'm just glad that there's articles like this there's actually a whole pocket collection with a series of articles about being mm. single so I'll, I'll link to that as well yes in the show and notes.
0: all the show notes you can find at 10bestos.com slash body yes <laughs> Michael cool sheet is a company and a foundation and this is Dave's killer bread Ooh, this is awesome bread it is all organic it is so tasty it's got whole grains seeds and nuts They make bread and bagels, English muffins, former Cool Sheet, nutrition bars, so good. But beyond the taste and health aspects, this company was founded on something that is just as healthy, in my opinion. This is getting a second chance. So let me tell you a little story here. The company started in 2005. Dave Dahl and his nephew, Shobi, sold some loaves of bread at the Saturday market in Portland, Oregon. For Dave Dahl, this was more than just taking a few loaves of bread to the market. It was the beginning of a new chapter in his life. They had all been bakers in his family, but he had some issues that led him into prison for a total of 15 years. But he had a pivotal moment when he was in prison, he realized there was more that he wanted to do. And so he came back to his family bakery and with his older brother, Glenn, they started making this happen. And so Dave was working and along with Glenn and along with Shobi, Shobi was a student of mine. I didn't even know this about Shobi when I had him in class, lovely, lovely human being. And I discovered this when Shobi came back to Willamette University, gave a talk about everything they were doing, especially with Dave's Killer Bread Foundation. This was created in 2015 to inspire and equip other businesses to adopt second chance employment. This is all about this lack of under, or information and understanding about employing people with criminal backgrounds and how it can make businesses hesitant to hire these people. And so the Dave Killers Bread Foundation aims to change this. So they help educate organizations and they are really trying to help this part of our population. So along with the link to Dave's Killer Bread, which is amazing, bread and you should try it. I love it. Uh, there will also be a link to the foundation itself. Dave's Killer Bread.
1: Yes, I love Dave's Killer Bread. It's one of my favorite breads by far. In fact, I have some here. When you talked about it, I was like, "Hey, I have some. I just had some of this bread this morning. Oh, that's the
0: kind I have. I have had some today, too. Yeah, 21 whole
1: grains and seeds. I mean, forget 12 grains. That's for for weenies. (laughs) We're talking about 21 Mm -hmm. grains. But it is. And, you know, even people, I think, that don't like Grainy bread. This bread is really good. Yes. you know they have a really good foundation of it's organic. It uh, there's not as many preservatives as some other breads. Mm. Uh, it's really good. It's it's the only. It's really unless I make my own, kind of the only store b- bought bread I get. And the uh, English muffins, yes. yes, I've tried different varieties uh-huh. and. Dave's is the best. It is the best.
0: By far. And can I say, this is not an advertisement. No. They're not paying us. We're not getting no. anything.
1: We're I just... wish they would sponsor us. So <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. Brett all the time. <laughs> they have, and this full disclosure, they have um, sponsored TEDx Salem multiple years. Oh, that's great. So they are super cool about giving back to also yeah. local oh, nonprofits and good organizations. They're just, yeah, they're such a cool company. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yes. And it's delicious. That's the most important thing. Oh, it's of course. great. It's yeah. so good. So, thank you so much. I'm really hungry now. (laughs) You're so welcome. I can't wait to dig into some more bread. Yes. (laughs) All right. All right, my cool sheet is going to be an app, and this app is Subdial. So, Subdial is a digital app designed and developed by Big Human that provides first responders options for incidents involving mental health, domestic disturbances, non-urgent crimes, homelessness, and more. Uh, it is estimated that 80% or more of 911 calls don't require a police response. More than 240 million calls 911 are made each year. There's an, the overwhelming majority are not emergency and uh, event related to crimes in progress. So, um, and also allocating money towards drug treatment, can. so it's taking that money they, they could save from the cops always having to come out, could, you could allocate that money towards drug treatment and save the city hundreds of thousands of dollars in crime related costs. Um, so becoming, their kind of philosophy is becoming familiar with agencies and community resources beyond law enforcement to help ensure safer, more effective outcomes for everyone involved. Uh, they have bookmarks for quick resources and quick access, keyword search filtering on this app. Uh, resources are categorized with different uh, detailed entries. Um, it's a really nice design too. It's like um, got these little icons on it. Um, so if you're saying, okay, this person has, is having mental health crisis, you click on the app and then it goes right to your local area of numbers directly, where you can go and who you can call for help. Um, and the best thing about it, it's all free. Uh, this actually came out of the Black Lives Matter movement, so this is something really positive that came out of this movement. I know that has divided some, but who doesn't want better response, more more suitable response, so it frees up police to do the, the jobs that actually matter where they're needed because sometimes they can be taking care of something that someone else could have dealt with while another crime is happening that needs their immediate attention, but they're, they're preoccupied. And then something worse happens over there. It's such a good idea. I love this app so much. Subdial. I
0: am astounded by those statistics you yeah. just gave. I, I mean, I'm still kind of like, what? Like, wh- and then just the disbursement of, of energy going to, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, I knew it was high. I, yeah, I figured I it was maybe like in the 50%, mm-hmm. but 80 range is mind-blowing to oh me. My, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it also it makes sense. You know, when when we think about something and we need help, we just call the police. Even if you're not calling 911, if you're calling a non-emergency mm-hmm. number, you're still calling the police. Mm-hmm. When, right. It does make sense. A lot of the times it's a different issue. Domestic abuse could be someone else. Um, If it's not escalated, obviously if it's dangerous, and this will be the decision of the first responder Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, this doesn't have to be uh, just a Joe public person. But if you do see something, you could possibly call that, use that app and call it as well, as long as it's not a life-threatening thing, and maybe someone else is taking care of it, Um, but you don't want to really call 911. You think, oh, this is someone homeless that maybe needs some help. They're having some issues. You can call somebody else, depending on the situation. First responders would be more tuned, I think, to really know when to use it or not use it or use 911, but just to have more avenues, have more options for people to use. And like I said, it's free.
0: It doesn't get any better
1: than that. And plus, even if it's not an emergency like a situation, maybe you just don't. Maybe you're experiencing domestic uh, uh, violence and you just don't know who to call. Mm-hmm. Boom. You can go to this app. You can check it out. Get some help. Get some help for your friend right away. You know, oh, yeah. Just a really good way. It doesn't have to be like this uh, immediate moment. Just a good list of resources.
0: Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Very important resource. Yeah. And so for anyone who wants to find out links for any of these, all of our show notes are at 10 com slash body. My cool sheet is a podcast and it turns out <laughs> we've actually talked about Brian has talked about this as a cool sheet before, but I didn't know that. So hey, we got a, a double up here and that's okay because this is a really good podcast and I have found it to be really helpful for myself. This is hosted by Carrie Lloyd. She is a British actor, a comedian and a writer. And she came up with this idea of starting the show when she realized that a lot of her comedian friends were doing podcasts and it happened to coincide with her beginning to talk about her dad publicly. He had passed away from cancer when she was 15 and she had had kept it hidden. But once she started this podcast and she started talking about it openly, she found that there were a lot of people who wanted to talk about this with her and talk about their experiences. So the podcast then became a place where she could have these conversations she wanted to have and she found it to be powerful for other people as well. Grievecast is now multiple award-winning podcast. It's released weekly, and it recently, like us, celebrated its five-year anniversary, and she has recently not launched its eighth season. In the beginning, it was Lloyd talking to her comedian friends in the UK, but eventually expanded. So now it has this broad range of guests. It has actors, writers, producers, and the conversations have also expanded to include more specific types of grief, not just grief in general. And her goal right from the beginning, I love this, this was for it to be a podcast when it was over, you didn't feel worse. And I can say personally that she succeeded with that. And one thing also she said that resonated with me is that we're all in this club, no one asked to join. And it's really helpful when you realize that there are other people in this club. So I, someone told me about this podcast when my dear beloved Griffin passed away. And I have found it to be helpful not just to... To help deal with death of a pet, but I've been listening to it a lot about losing other people in your life. So, highly recommend Griefcast.
1: Yes. Well, obviously, I agree yes. a <laughs> lot with this one yeah. uh, firsthand because I did talk about it. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah. This podcast has really gotten through, uh, got me through some tough times. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful and. Um, you know, she's just, um, she has this really kind of soft and mm. sweet voice. It's just, it's like a friend that, you yeah. know, immediately you feel like this is a friend of yours and yeah, that feeling of, that you're not alone, mm-hmm. that this is an experience that a lot of people deal with in, and how grief is different in every way too. That's what I really like is yes. it, it talks about how people process it in yes. different ways because, uh, you know, once you find one of the, the interviews or the podcast that, that is dealing with it the same way that you are, it's mm-hmm. magical and it really helps. Yes. Um, and she'll talk about that because she's done this for so long now, you know, talks about, she kind of, you know, says, Oh, are you doing this? Or is this happening? And they're like, yeah. no, but, but more like this. And mm-hmm. then she's like, Oh yeah, I've heard about that. That's not how I dealt with grief. But you know, and it is, it's just so beautiful. I will say the only thing, if you're listening, my friend, it's, a, it's almost so quiet, like her voice is so soft, that if I didn't have my like noise-canceling headphones, I couldn't hear it when I was like commuting oh. to work, actually, because traffic noise and stuff, uh-huh. was just, it was too loud. So there was many times where I really wanted to listen and I needed it, and that's where I do it on my bike and commute a lot, and I couldn't hear it. Um, but it did get, through, uh, get me through uh, when I lost one of my close friends very suddenly it was something that i turned to Mm -hmm. and it's made a big difference um and it's always there when you need it yeah so it's really cool uh yeah
0: yeah. such a good one she does i didn't notice that about the voice but maybe because i have just been always at home alone when i'm listening or something
1: but yeah yeah it was it was it was kind of disappointing because i was like really like oh this is a good episode i got to get to work i take off and i'm like i can't hear oh
0: yeah it was like max up and i'm like oh
1: (laughs) um but yeah, ah, it's probably good to be having a moment anyway mm. and listening to it. Yeah, in it's a wonderful. quieter environment. But so good. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to be talking about this video. This video is called um, How Does Canned Food Last So Long? It's by uh, BBC um, Earth Lab. And I've actually, I've always wondered how in the heck um, you can keep something fresh in a can for a year or longer, sometimes multiple years, two years, three, There's probably some things in there, in my cupboard, way too long, way longer than that, but I bet you if I open it, it's good. Now, I knew it had something to do with oxygen um, because that is a big thing, but I was like, there has to be more to this. Is there preservatives? Is it like some kind of science I don't know about? Just magic? Is it some kind of magic spell that people do? Um, But this video answered a lot of my questions, probably all of them. And so they go into one, just one uh, Heinz warehouse in the UK that ships five million cans every single day that alone is worth watching the video it is mind-blowing watching these things on the conveyor belt just zipping through uh, it's just it's crazy it's just blur of action uh, it's pretty much all mechanical um, but there are a lot of people that work there in fact they have a resident biologist which was super cool they she talks about how they super see steam Every can, so when the beans are, this were beans, this particular warehouse was just beans, Uh, the beans were sealed, and it gets the can up to uh, 248 degrees Fahrenheit, 120 Celsius, and it cooks all the beans, cooks them, and it also kills off all the bacteria. They have three different steam cookers, and then they run them through these two special cooling machines that doesn't cause damage to the cans, but they double check, uh, but it does kill all the bacteria. And they double check this by, they rig this little um, probe into one of the cans. So it's, and it's full of beans and everything. And this will take temperature uh, and mark the time. And if it's uh, good for three minutes, Consistently, then they know that all the bacteria is gone and it is totally safe for eating. And that is the magic behind how canned foods last so long.
0: I had no idea, <laughs> and you know what? I'm thinking. I'm wondering. I want to see. I got to watch this. Yeah, because I'm so cool. like, well, it's a short video too. Oh, so that's it's, nice. It's
1: nice. It's just pretty succinct.
0: Yeah, but I'm just wondering. You heat it up, and then it could expand. And if you cool it down, like, is it going to go do that thing that they do? You know, exactly. And well, and that's why that I think happening? they
1: talked about. They just kind of called them special machines that doesn't damage the can. Mm-hmm. They didn't get into that part of it. That could be a whole another eight minute video or something just about that. Yeah. technique. of how they heat it up to get just the right temperature and they showed the graph it was super cool how was it was higher than the minimum which that that 238 or 236 Mm -hmm. 120 celsius um you know is like the minimum it needs to be and it gets just a little bit higher though because Mm -hmm. yeah it can't go way higher or it's gonna you know ruin the food or the can and then it cools them down gradually in these two different coolers mm-hmm. where it still keeps the can 100 percent intact and then they yeah. label it and do all those other things it was really fascinating yeah yeah
0: but that totally makes sense so getting it up to 120 degrees and keeping it that's how like boiling water you know has to be for a certain amount of time and above a certain temperature and all of that yeah and um, so that totally makes sense i just had no idea they did it that way
1: yeah it just seemed yeah i i knew there was something about it and then because i was also you know you how can i keep this in my yeah cupboard for five years you know (laughs) let's just say a little bit longer than the one or two recommended um but it's totally fine but then Mm -hmm. yeah but then it lasts like a week even in the fridge. Once you yeah. open it, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, it's not just the oxygen, that's a big part of it, but it's also the bacteria that can mm. grow. It's all those other things. So yeah, it totally makes sense. But I needed to see it and I'm glad I did. Yes. This is a fun video too. Of course, so you've got Burst accents oh yeah, and, and it's you know, B- yeah BBC. And Oh And these yeah. really like the machines are just it's like it's so cool. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And if you want to watch the video or anything else we've talked about, you can go to 10bestest.com slash body my cool sheet is a science topic and i'm going to be talking about earth abundant metals and i've got to say that this is not a common topic to talk about because i actually went in and googled around and tried to find information about earth abundant metals beyond what i know i know a lot about them just because i'm a metal scientist but there's hardly anything out there. So I was like, ooh, maybe I need to start writing articles about it. So let me tell you a bit in these two minutes, and that is that during the past decades, the rare and expensive heavy metals, that includes platinum and a few others, they have proven to be highly, highly efficient for various technologies, and especially in the chemical industry, making a huge array of goods. This includes synthetic fibers, pharmaceuticals, fuels, tons of things these metals whether you can pronounce them or not they have changed our lives in some cases such as platinum anti-cancer drugs they have saved hundreds and thousands of lives and plus they've allowed for technologies such as catalytic converters and things like that that reduce the amount of pollutants that come from cars so you might ask what's the problem we've got these metals that are doing their job what are you talking about okay well they can do amazing things but these heavy metals have inherent disadvantages. They are rare, which means mining is going to require digging up more earth in order to find the small amounts of those metals. Rare also means way more expensive. And these heavy metals are toxic. So we use them because they work so well and a lot is known about them, but they are not sustainable. So the question then is, what can we use instead? And there's the answer. The topic of this cool sheet, earth abundant metals. These are metals that exist naturally in higher quantities in the earth's crust. They're easier to mine. They are way, way cheaper. And many of them are actually trace minerals that we have naturally and need naturally in our bodies that we need for healthy physiology. Her earth abundant metals include iron, cobalt, nickel, zinc, manganese, and others. And there are so many applications. I could go on and on, but I hope I've gotten my point across with earth-abundant metals. Ah,
1: Very cool, yes. You got your point across, because I'm I'm into it. Awesome! I love it. Uh, Yeah, it is so funny that we we place this value because they're rare, so that's why Mm. they're more valuable for monetary Mm -hmm. reasons and everything else. But yeah, that also doesn't make sense to use them in everything else. They're toxic, right. all those other things. They're yes. toxic, they're rare, they're, they're getting used up. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's another thing that I'm super excited as we, more and more research goes into how can we use these abundant metals? Yes. How can we use them for more things? Yeah. And, and yeah, plus or less toxic. Exactly. Uh, like
0: I know, and they're there. I mean, the, the Earth's, okay, there's the Earth's crust where we get things, but then there's also the Earth's core that yeah. is, lots of iron that's where most of the iron is but yeah these these earth abundant metals you can find them almost anywhere and they can be used it's you have to be a little bit more clever to figure out how to use them but fortunately there's a lot of people doing research with
1: that so yes thank goodness for yeah. that yeah we we need to replace some of that that's right toxic stuff yes well cool thank you so much You're i love welcome. it when you share sciencey stuff very welcome my pleasure All right. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about another article, and this article is how to rest well. So, attitudes have changed um, towards rest. For most of human history, rest was a prize as a gift, but recently, that busyness has come to be seen as a badge of honor. And I've talked about this before, and this is definitely something that is um, always on my mind, Uh, but this article was really good and I, I wanna keep talking about it until busyness is not a badge of honor anymore. Uh, Rest is important. It allows you to recharge, it boosts your creativity, and it will benefit your work time. So the more rest you get, the actual better benefit you will be in your job. So that's what uh, people need to remember that are business leaders. Uh, uh, And also for people, it is very important to take rest seriously. To harvest the benefits of rest, you need to begin by recognizing its advantages and carving out a protected time for it in your schedule. But they say, Take it seriously. Take it seriously like you would work. You want to work at getting better at resting because we have lost this um, art of just resting and chilling out, not doing as much. Um, you need to establish clear boundaries. I talk about cut down work on phone and email checks on your evenings and weekends. And I know a lot of this is familiar, but there will be times where people go like, I'm going to go out to the park, take a walk, and I'm going to get this rest and recharge. But then you're constantly up. Looking at your email and pings and messages and, and posting on Instagram and doing things, uh, it's just you really got to be disciplined about not doing that anymore, or you're not really getting rest. Treat it as a skill. Don't rush it. Your mind will require more time to harness that power of rest. Um, craft it into your daily schedule. Um, use work work hard and then rest hard. Same thing. Um, they kind of talk about that. You know, work hard, play hard. Work hard, rest hard. Uh, practice deep play though there you can it doesn't mean you're just laying around and doing nothing climbing a mountain doing demanding things painting sailing this can also still be rest and give you that reset that you need don't neglect sleep, sleep and naps either so that is also important uh, encourage others to rest with you the more <laughs> the more people we can get to do it the more we can get rid of this busiest thing check out this article how to rest well shoo <laughs>
0: shoo I'm glad you did this one last because now I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I know. Don't have another show to do, but uh, we can nap in between.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, No, so many things I loved about this. I love that, that deep play. I get so... I absolutely experience that. I get rested by actually doing things, but they're things that are that are just play they're they're yeah. fun they're yeah it's amazing actually now that i think about it how you feel rested after you're doing something but it's just a different kind yeah, of Yeah it's thing you're totally doing. you're
1: using your brain they do say maybe make it as different as possible as mm-hmm. your day to day work yeah. so it's totally different but yeah i think a lot of people i think of the some of the reason why rest has such this um, stigma around it still is that you just think oh you're just sitting on a couch and watching mm-hmm. tv and that can be it that's what you want to do. Uh, But that's not all it is. That's not what it means. That's not all it is. Um, It can be, uh, although I do love that they also talk about taking naps more, um, because that's one thing I'm really bad at. But some people, oh, I love those people that are really good at taking naps, (laughs) I wish I could be. Um, But just sleeping more, too, as well. That's also part of it.
0: yeah. That was another thing you said that I liked was getting good at it, yeah. like practicing. Getting, yeah,
1: I never thought about that yeah. at all, mm, of like being a better rester, because yeah. I am not a great res- rester all the time. I am one of those people that feel like, even though I don't like beers. wearing a business badge of honor, I do feel like my, my mind just is like, needs to be doing stuff, mm. or I get this weird guilt. And I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah, it's a yes. skill. Rest is a skill too. Yes.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. And in our show notes, for anything we have talked about, you can go to 10 slash body. Thank you so much for joining us, friend. We love being here with you and doing 10 bestest for you. So please like, subscribe, and send us a message if you have any questions. Yeah, tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend for sure. (laughs) And most of all, don't forget to stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's Cool Sheets?
1: Head on over to 10bestus, that's 10bestus.com, for links to all of our cool sheets.
0: And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff.
1: 10 Bestus will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.